and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 18, and I have four spooky stories for you, and story number one comes from Sophia. So this event has happened on different occasions. I always get very warm when I sleep, so I usually kick my duvet off. So a couple of months back, I had just turned off the light, and this time I was wide awake and trying to go to sleep when I felt someone pulling my toes. I literally felt a hand pulling my toes. I freaked out, screamed and turned on the light. I ran out to my husband in the living room watching TV. I'm sensitive to energy in the spirit world and he is used to me freaking out when I've experienced things and yes, I shit myself every time. One month after this event, it happened again. This time I was asleep and I woke up from feeling hands pulling my toes and I woke up screaming. My daughter woke up, she is three years old, and said, Mommy, look, what is that? Pointing into a corner. And that was it, no more sleep. In the morning, I told my husband, and he looked at me and said, My grandma always pulled my toes when she walked by me when I was sleeping on the couch back at her home. I think it's her. She did it to joke around. It seems to happen every two months. I never sleep without covering my feet now, ever. When my husband moved in at me years ago, I saw his grandma standing in the entrance of the apartment staring at me. She had died back in Italy seven years ago, so I'd never met her. One day he showed me photos of his mom and dad's wedding and I see a woman with black hair, a brown skirt and a black blouse. I asked who that is and he said it was his grandma. I freaked out because that was the woman I'd been seeing looking at me when he was working the night shift. After a couple of months it stopped. I think his grandma approved of me. My daughter also sees ghosts. One time she rode her little bike into the living room. It was around 7pm and she was in her pyjamas waiting for her milk. She stopped, looked into the bedroom, waved and said hello and kept biking away. My husband and I freaked out. Both him and I have mothers and grandparents that were witches that read tarot cards, read palms and saw spirits. We are used to things happening. Our daughter is a late speaker, but now that she has started to speak, she freaks us out by asking who the woman in our window is. Simple rule of life to live by. And that is that you don't sleep with your leg out of the bed. Never sleep with your feet out of the bed. It's it's like, it's like crack to ghosts, you know? You're going to be dragged out of that bed or something's going to be pulling your toes. They just can't resist. Don't do it. Everyone knows that if you're covered in a duvet, it is impenetrable, impenetrable, in, I can't say that word, impenetrable to both ghosts and burglars. Everyone knows that. And to be honest, if that was my husband. I'd be like, I'm divorcing you because you're bringing your dead grandmother around. Obviously, that's a joke. I do not condone divorcing people for paranormal reasons. And story number two comes from Veronica. Several months ago, my husband and I had to have a contractor come in to repair two external walls of our house because of extensive termite damage. Of course, I've been working from home since COVID hit. One of the walls that had to be torn out is a wall with a window in my office. My desk is on the opposite wall, so I have my back to the area that they were working on. After the old wall was replaced and the new wall was put up, the contractor removed the plastic barrier and started working on the exterior of the house, which included installing a new window. At the time, I was listening to a podcast called Strange Arrivals, which is about alien abduction cases. About halfway through a very intense episode of the podcast, 
I see this funky green light reflecting off my monitors. I think nothing of it and keep listening and then I glanced over to the wall and to the left of my monitors and see this green laser on the wall. Internally, I lost my mind. I instantly thought, well, this is the end. They're coming to get me, holy shit. I turned around and the contractor had a laser level sitting on his ladder so that he could make sure the window lined up with the siding. I started laughing hysterically and had to explain to the contractor how he almost gave me a heart attack. Oh God, I wouldn't, you wouldn't catch me, you wouldn't catch me listening to that podcast because I'd be the same. I'd be thinking everyone, everything was an alien abduction. So a couple of months ago, I was lying in my bed and it was pretty late at night. And next thing, my bedroom was like lit up and there was this roaring sound, like this crazy roaring sound that I just didn't, I was like, oh my God, what the heck is that? Now I live next to a train track and the freight trains that go by sound differently to like the passenger trains, whatever. But you get really used to the sounds of them. And I thought, oh, I don't know what the heck this sound is. And it, my room was lit up. I knew it was some sort of aircraft. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. I'm going to be abducted by aliens. And I was afraid to look out the window. And then eventually I got up and looked out the window. And it was a huge helicopter that had that was hovering over uh, the field next to my house. It must have been like a medical helicopter collecting somebody that had a medical incident or whatever but it scared the living shit out of me I think it was probably because it was like the middle of the night I must have been half asleep half awake but I did not apply logic to that situation whatsoever and I was like that's it it's aliens so I feel you I feel you Veronica and story number three comes from Katie I will preface this story to say that I do believe that we are able to receive signs from loved ones after they have passed away I had never had an experience like that, but I really liked the idea of it. Having said that, I finally did have an experience a few years after my mother passed away from lupus, a disease that she had suffered with for over 47 years. She passed away in 2012. It was one of the hardest times in my life. Once she passed, I kept wondering if I would receive a sign from her. It was probably a few years later and I'd been thinking about my mom a lot and really just wanted the chance to be able to talk to her again. Shortly thereafter, I had a dream that we were in our house that we lived in when I was in my late teens. She walked into my bedroom and we sat on the bed and started talking. Now what was strange about this dream was it was like I was watching it as if it was a movie. I was watching it as it played out. Another thing that was strange was that there was no sound in this dream, it was silent and it was as if I was on the outside looking into the house watching the interaction. It was so bizarre. But when I woke up, I did feel a sense of peace and happiness, just having been able to see her again. She looked so healthy again. I've had a few more dreams where she pops in since then. It is random and strange, but it always gives me a good feeling. On the 24th of June in 2014, my father passed away from cancer, lung cancer that we thought he had beaten. But then it metastasized onto his spine a few months later. I was listening to your podcast this morning and thinking about my dad and wishing for a sign from him that he is still around. I don't feel like I have had any signs from him since he had passed away. Other than the one my husband had right after my dad had passed away. We live outside of St. Louis, Missouri and my dad lives in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia, which is a good day's drive away from us. I got a call early Monday morning, June the 24th, 2014, from my stepmother, 
letting me know that my dad had passed away. I woke my husband up and told him what had happened. We got up, packed us and the kids up and headed to Atlanta. While we were there, I helped my stepmother plan the funeral and helped her around the house. The second night we were there, my husband had a dream about my dad. He dreamt that he and my dad were sitting in the living room at their house and he said they had a great conversation. My dad was telling him how glad he was that I had my husband take care of me and he was glad that he had gotten to know my husband. I'm glad too. My husband is a great guy even when he drives me crazy. I love him to pieces. When my husband told me about this dream he started crying. He was so moved that my dad had visited him. My husband really loved my dad so it meant a lot to him that he'd had this dream. Since that happened I hadn't had any signs from my dad until today on the 8th anniversary of my dad's passing June the 24th 2022. I was listening to mini episode number 162. There was a story that a girl named Rose had sent in about her dad who had passed away from lung cancer and my spidey senses kicked into overdrive. Her story was about her dad who had passed away and how close they were and how she would play Johnny Cash music for him on her iPod while he had his treatments. She then went on to talk about the signs that she received from him after he had passed. So my dad died of lung cancer essentially as well. He loved country music and even though we weren't as close as we had once been, I know my dad loved me and was proud of me. So I took this as a sign from him. It was just what I needed today. Oh, Katie, that has done something to my heart. People all the time, they message and they say, oh, I've got a story, but I don't know if I, if people want to hear it. I don't know if I should send it in. Or people will start their stories by saying, oh, this story isn't as good as other people's. I never read those things out because I just feel like, as in I never read out those kind of caveats that people send in because I always feel like if you've got a story that you need to share, then your story is good enough to share. It doesn't matter if you've got demons in it. It doesn't matter if it's a dream story where someone's come to visit you. It really doesn't matter. It's about your story and what you need to share. And what I think is really important is that you don't know how your story might impact other people. Sometimes I'll read a story and I'll feel like it's just a kind of standard innocuous story and I'll get a message from someone going, oh, I really, like I heard that story and it really resonated with me for these reasons. Like people really resonate with certain stories and it might be, like Katie has just said, it might be that your story is the sign that somebody feels they need, that somebody has been looking for, for a loved one that has passed. So that being said, I just think that everyone's story is really important, no matter how big or how small that story is. And it does, it sounds like your mom and your dad have both found a way to just give you a nod and say, I'm okay. And story number one comes from Anonymous. This story is one which, while it isn't a first-hand experience, is something that affects me and my family to this day. We're generally rational people, but the tragic end to the story of my great-great-grandmother has instilled in us the practice to not tempt fate. This event happened long before I was born. This was back when the city that I live in today in India was a small town. Back then the population lived in small and scattered communities. Motor vehicles weren't common and travelling from one residential area to another, particularly at night, was difficult. It also goes without saying that there were no cell phones to contact someone quickly to help you out. 
My family bought a house to move into in an area that was far from where they were living back then, so commuting to the new house to set everything up was a tedious task. Before moving into the house, however, there was a ritual that you need to perform. Vastashanti, which, among other things, is a way to cleanse the home of any entities that might be lingering about. It is a way to respectfully ask the spirits to vacate the place and offer them peace. It is absolutely prohibited to stay in a house without this ceremony being performed, as it is believed that it might provoke the malevolent spirits to lash out at you. The day before the ceremony was to be performed, my family moved some things into the house to make it easier for them to finish the process faster the following day. My great-great-grandmother did not want to leave the items unattended and insisted on staying back in the new house to keep watch. Everyone tried to persuade her to leave, but to no avail. They didn't have a lot of money back then, so she insisted on keeping the possessions in check even at the risk of staying overnight before the house was cleansed. Finally, another member of the family decided to stay back with her so that she wasn't alone. The events that I'm going to describe now were those that she relayed to the family on her deathbed the next day. Both she and uncle laid out mattresses on the floor of the main hall near the entrance of the house and decided to go to sleep after having dinner. The way her mattress was laid out would have given her a clear view of the corridor that had the doors to various rooms and the kitchen before ending at the house's courtyard. She would have also been able to see a part of the courtyard from her viewpoint. For hours she tried to sleep, but kept feeling uneasy, as though something was wrong, and that she had to be awake to escape that something. At first she dismissed it as a feeling that came with the unfamiliar territory, but the discomfort slowly morphed into terror as the minutes ticked by. Note that this is someone that volunteered to stay and was, as far as anyone could tell, a sceptic. Her seemingly irrational emotions turned into a living nightmare when she noticed a tall, shadowy figure edge itself into her line of sight from behind the door frame that opened into the courtyard. It stood there ominously watching her, though she could not make out its features. She tried calling out to uncle, but all she could do was lay there paralysed with fear, unable to move, as the figure slowly crept towards her through the corridor. That was the last thing she remembered. The next morning, uncle tried to wake her up, but she wouldn't respond. Frightened, he sent for someone to call the rest of the family, which took a while since they were far away. When they managed to reach the new house, they somehow woke her up after a lot of attempts. Though she was up, it was clear there was something still wrong with her. She kept mumbling incoherently and then began throwing up. Somehow the family was able to piece together what had happened based on her ramblings as they rushed her to the hospital. At this point, they noticed blood trickling from her mouth. She never quite recovered from what happened and passed away soon after. I usually never hear stories of death following paranormal events, which is why this particular incident genuinely terrifies me. My family naturally did not want anything to do with that house after that and sold it off after disclosing to the buyers what had happened. I believe the house was then torn down. Today, it is part of a set of commercial buildings. Uncle, I am told, was understandably haunted by this incident. I hope this entity, whatever it was, if it was indeed something, 
never hurt anyone else after that. All of us in my family tried to remain as logical as possible and question everything, taking into account every possibility. But we do not wish to dismiss her last words as nothing or her genuine fear as irrational. One might try to rationalise this event, the hallucinations of an old woman, a harmless break-in by someone outside the house or a play of shadows. But whatever it was really made us question, is it worth it to tempt fate? Anonymous, if you are listening, what a gift for storytelling you have. Oh, I was gripped by that story, gripped by it. And I know it's not just a story. It is something that happened in your family. It is a family member of yours that passed away in these really bizarre conditions. So it's not fair to just refer to it as a story. It is something that happened within your family. And that's the thing. It's about tempting fate. And I know there will always be like rational, logical people who will be like, no, there's loads of reasons why this could have happened. It could have been this, could have been that, could have been the other. But I'm I'm of your thinking. Yes, it could have been loads of things. But is it worth it to tempt fate? I don't know that it is. And I apologise if I pronounced the ritual wrong. I absolutely love hearing these stories from India. I love them. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Sophia, Veronica, Katie and Anonymous for sending in your stories. If you'd like to send in your story, you can send it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are desperate for extra spooky content, you can check out patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for five dollars a month or two dollars a month you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.